Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez. And in this segment, we are going to be discussing the upcoming solar eclipse taking place on June 10th, 2021, around 6.03 a.m. But a few things to remember is that, first of all, I do use the sidereal zodiac system. I'm a Vedic sidereal astrologer, and that means that I use the astronomically precise placement of the planets at any given moment. If you would like to see your birth chart, you can go to my website, innerknowing.yoga, click on offerings, and then chart to calculate your birth chart to see where the planets astronomically were placed at the moment of your birth. And if you would like to see how this upcoming solar eclipse is going to impact you and your sign personally, you can go to my Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash astrology now podcast, where I release weekly horoscopes every Monday. And whenever there's a new moon or a full moon or an eclipse, I talk about how it's going to impact each of the 12 zodiac signs. So that's something to look into if you are wanting further guidance in your week. I guess the final disclaimer is that I am from Austin, Texas, so I use the central standard time, and I also sometimes use words like y'all, so (laughs) I didn't, I'm not super aware of it all the time until I get called out on it, and I got called out on it recently, and I was like, yeah, I guess I do say y'all, but for those of you who are also from Texas or also use the word y'all, you know how convenient it is. Okay, so getting into the upcoming solar eclipse that is taking place on June 10th, so we just had a lunar eclipse occur a few weeks ago. And when there is one eclipse, it is always followed by another. And so for the previous eclipse, we had a lunar eclipse taking place in Scorpio, meaning the moon was debilitated. Now we're having a solar eclipse where the moon is in the sign of Taurus, where it's exalted. The moon does very well when it's in the sign of Taurus. You know, and when you think about it, it makes sense because the moon is changing, it's fluctuating, it's constantly moving through various phases. Taurus is practical and it's steady and it's secure and it's steadfast. So when the moon moves into Taurus, it feels held. It feels like it can express its best parts of itself. Okay, the moon does very well in Taurus. Of course, in Vedic astrology, we always want to consider the nakshatra, which I am going to get into. This moon, you know, with the moon being in Taurus, it's particularly strong, but being a part of a solar eclipse and also being conjoined with a retrograding Mercury, this new moon is actually going to feel a little bit uh, more volatile than it typically would. Um, I, I do think that emotions are going to run high. I think that people are going to be a little bit more volatile than usual. I think it's certainly something to watch out for, honestly, on a global level. I think that around this eclipse on June 10th, I do think that we will see growing dissatisfaction, growing angst, growing volatility and frustration and people are really going to start demonstrating these things especially in the next few months as Mars is debilitated if you listen to my previous segment you know that Mars is currently debilitated in the sign of cancer and when Mars is debilitated Mars represents our anger our frustration how we handle conflict and so when Mars is in its debilitation point in the night sky through transit like this it's reflective of the collective anger and the collective frustration. People are going to be mad. 
And we're going to see this for the next few months. People are going to really start expressing just how angry they are. And I think that this could be a few different things. I think it's going to, of course, involve COVID. And I think it's going to involve COVID regulations here in the United States. I think that this is going to be something that becomes an issue. Um, I do think it will have to do with government and leadership and people's dissatisfaction with leadership. And this is going to be mainly um, in the United States. But I think that globally, we're going to experience a lot of conflict within various countries and throughout the world. So I do want you all to have that on your radar. And you know, the sun is our leadership. It is um, our, you know, the sun is like the king. And the sun is usually associated things like the president or um, a prime minister, you know, a, a ruler in some capacity. And so with this solar eclipse happening in the nakshatra of Murgashira, you know, we talked about Taurus. I'm going to talk a little bit more about Murgashira. But with this powerful solar eclipse happening in Murgashira, I do think that leadership is going to be challenged. It's going to be difficult. People are going to be really expressing their dissatisfactions. Um so I think that that's something that we can expect on a global level, and it's also with a retrograding Mercury. So Mercury retrograde issues are probably going to be amplified. So miscommunication, issues with the media, issues with the Postal Service, issues with, oh, I don't know, newspaper, I think I already said email, Anything that you see on television, you know, that's all mercurial, but it's also how we speak and how we communicate and how we process things. So on a global level, again, I think it's going to be a super intense time. I think it may kind of be like a, a kickoff, so to speak, to some more intense events. And on a personal level, on a personal level, it's definitely time to think about our communication, as I've been mentioning with the Mercury retrograde, with Mars being debilitated, it's a time for us to really focus on conflict and our communication skills in conflict. And if you want to hear more about that, I talked about it more extensively in my previous podcast one right before this one talking about eclipse season. So try to keep that at the forefront of your mind as well, where we may get triggered and we may get angry and we're all human, we're all prone to getting hijacked by our emotions, okay? But it's how we focus on repair, it's how we focus on communication. You know, if it's possible to not get hijacked, do that. But if you do get hijacked, how you follow up with that is really important. Are you going to sit in being self-righteous and refuse to take ownership of your contribution? Or are you going to acknowledge how you also contributed to the conflict, hear and validate feelings, share feelings from a space of love and compassion? You know, that's going to make all the difference in the world. And, you know, repair is like such an amazing thing to have the opportunity to practice. So um, ruptures happen, arguments happen, anger happens, totally human, totally okay. But then how are we going to mend that? You know, and with Mars being debilitated, I think we'll all have an opportunity to work with our anger and frustration. So I think that I mentioned this on the previous podcast. It's really like running in sand. 
it's like running in sand with our triggers. It's like strength training our triggers. It's like, how are we going to operate in the face of these things getting kicked up? And all of that to say, this solar eclipse happening in the next chapter of Mergashira, Mergashira is ruled by Mars. And Mars is debilitated. So when the dispositor, when the ruler of a sign or of a nakshatra is debilitated, it is going to greatly contribute to the overall impact of the event. So what I mean by that is the solar eclipse having a debilitated dispositor for the nakshatra, it is going to create this atmosphere of volatility, emotionality, feeling unstable. That's really what it is right? Because Taurus is all about stability. It wants to be stable, but now a solar eclipse is happening. And Mars is in the sign of Cancer. And Cancer is all about stability. It's all about wanting to feel safe, wanting consistency. That's like the dream for Cancer is just having stable <laughs> consistency, predictability. And now the warrior is in their house, you know. So there is this go there is this essence of being uprooted and feeling insecure and feeling unsafe. So when those feelings come up, I think it's so important to remind ourselves that so much of our security and our feelings of safety come from within. Not trying to expect someone else to make us feel safe or expect the world to make us feel safe, but it's being able to turn within and find a sense of security and a sense of fortitude within ourselves. You know, because if we can really feel secure and safe within ourselves, we can offer a secure and safe space for other people. If we really know how to love ourselves and show compassion to ourselves, we can share really genuine and sweet love with the people around us because we know how to do it well. And that's not to say that if you're working on self-love, you don't love well. That's not it at all. Of course, we're all working on self-love. We're all works in progress. It's just the more refined our self-love becomes, the easier it is to, to share that with other people. So security and comfort is a big thing with this specific solar eclipse. And the nakshatra of Mergashira is all about searching. It's about attaining desire and attaining what we are attached to. And attachment is a really interesting thing in uh, spiritual philosophy. You know, you hear about attachment a lot. In Buddhism, attachment is essentially the root of all suffering. When we attach ourselves to a person or an outcome or anything, we are setting ourselves up to suffer. So the idea is to be free of attachment. That's the Buddhist philosophy. It also comes up in the Bhagavad Gita, not being attached to the outcome of our actions. Instead, choosing to act from a space that is going to serve the greater good for everyone. In every action, trying to consider the wellness of everything around us. Try not to get attached to these personal things. Attachment comes up a lot. And we're all human. We all have attachments. We're all working with it. We're all on this path together. I don't think we'll ever meet anyone who's totally 100% free from attachments, maybe close. But, you know, some of 
when I'm hearing myself say this, I'm like, there's a new moon happening in Taurus, and it's all about desire and attachment. And it's easy to kind of be like, ooh, I'm going to set this intention to get this new thing. (laughs) But I don't think this energy is really about that, because it's a solar eclipse. And though new moons are typically a really good time to set an intention, I wouldn't necessarily focus on trying to attain something specifically. And I'll tell you why in a second. But, you know, it's a solar eclipse. That means that the sun and moon are sitting with Rahu, which is a forward moving karma. It's the planet of material gains, of material things, of what is br- like keeping us braced to the material world. It's what gives us a reason to be here. And, you know, that's sounding pretty good, right? But it's also with a retrograding mercury and the dispositor is debilitated so i i wouldn't focus so much on investing this amazing opportunity on like setting an intention to attain like a material thing i I don't think that that is um the best use of our energy honestly especially if forward moving karma is involved You know, I don't think that tethering ourselves to material things is really a good idea. Like going back to that Buddhist philosophy, it may end up causing us more suffering. So rather than focusing on attaining something material this time, maybe focusing on attachments in general, right? Because Murray Share is all about attachments. So what attachments in our life are helping us and supporting our growth And what attachments are holding us back and contributing to illness, to disease, to our downfall even? And I'm going to use some examples. But some of us have these attachments in our life that uplift us. You know, we're attached to our spiritual practices. We're attached to our spiritual friends or a spiritual teacher. We're attached to our identity, quote unquote, as a spiritual person. We're attached to juice land and getting healthy snacks. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like we have these attachments in our life that fuel us and benefit us. We're attached to our morning walk. We're attached to our cat. You know, there are these things that maybe they're neutral attachments. Those are fine. I think that writing those down is beneficial. And all of us are also going to have negative attachments. And these negative attachments can show up in so many different ways. And when we have negative attachments, they bind us and inhibit us from reaching our goals, what we actually desire. You know, there's this really interesting thing with attachment and desire because sometimes our attachments keep us from reaching what we ultimately desire. And so I have a few different exercise recommendations. Um, sitting down and writing, what are some daily attachments that you have that you feel if you were to stop doing your life would be better? It could be having alcohol. And this isn't to demonize alcohol. It's just someone who's listening may feel that quitting drinking is beneficial for them there may be an attachment to alcohol there may be an attachment to another substance there may be an attachment to phone usage and staying up until 3 a.m staring at the screen could be attached to negative stimulus 
It could be attached to negative self-talk. And this is when things get really, really interesting. Because if there is something that we really, really want, you know, something that we really desire, and yet we have this attachment to a certain way of viewing ourselves or talking to ourselves, that attachment is literally creating a barrier between what we want and how we get it. So for example, if you were told growing up that you're unworthy of love, or for whatever reason you believe you're unworthy of love and all you want is to find love and to fall in love, that attachment to that phrase that repeats in your mind or to that idea, it's keeping you locked in the space. And even if someone were to present themselves to you wanting to love you and that phrase or that idea is in your head, being able to accept and receive the love becomes so much more challenging. It's like a, it's like clogging a drain, you know, and we need to clear that drain out so that the water can flow through so that you can get what you want. Maybe there is a voice in your head that you're attached to unknowingly that's telling you that you're lazy or telling you that you're selfish. You know, I hear that one a lot and it's really unfortunate. There can be people who are so loving and so generous and for whatever reason they grew up in a household where they were told that they were selfish And so now they don't know how to ask for what they want and they're constantly giving, giving, giving and then they grow resentful and then when someone wants to give them something, they can't accept it. When someone, when what they truly want, they just want to receive something in return, somebody knocks on their door wanting to offer them a gift, offer them um, a service and they can't accept it because they have this voice in their head telling them that that they're selfish when that's the furthest thing from the truth. And these things are attachments. They're patterns, they're reoccurring things, you know. And so writing down, taking time to assess, are there activities in your day that you're attached to that are unhelpful and keeping you from attaining your desires? Are there thoughts in your head that exist that are not helpful and keeping you from what you desire? I'm trying to think of other examples, but I mean, they could be endless. It could be in regards to your potential, um, how worthy you are, how much you have to offer, how lovable you are, um, if you're strong enough, if you're selfless enough, if you're service-oriented enough, if you're successful enough, and just noticing because these types of things, they take a long time to change. But seeing them and naming them as an unhealthy attachment is when the healing can really start to begin. So taking a little inventory of that and just assessing um, what types of things are coming up for you. And so rather than setting an intention, trying to attain something that's material, we're kind of clearing the air. We're energetically clearing the air or maybe we're literally getting rid of something. Maybe we decide to throw all of our bottles of alcohol out on the day of the eclipse, you know. Um, Maybe we decide to completely just rid ourselves of anything in our life that we feel is holding us back. And then we're just creating space for opportunity and abundance to fill, to come in. And I do want to remind you all, you know, I wouldn't recommend doing anything super extreme on the eclipse. Like I don't want any of you to throw yourselves into 
a spiral or anything like that. Certainly don't beat yourself up. Don't have too crazy high expectations for yourself. I would just let this be a time again to to look and reflect because the new moon is a time of reflection. And it is a time to turn inward. And it's very yin in nature. So it's not asking us to run a marathon or change everything about our lives or do anything too radical. It's just kind of slowing down and taking a look and and taking notice. And I do want to come back to this idea that this eclipse is with Rahu. And so when we had that lunar eclipse with K2, it was more of this past life energy, past life things coming to the surface. And I feel like now it really is an opportunity to focus on who we're wanting to become, what we're wanting to do, what we're wanting to attach ourselves to now. And of course, ideally, you know, we're free from attachments, (laughs) but is it possible for us to live our lives in such a way that we find joy and we find excitement and we find bliss and things that are genuinely good for us and that support us and uplift us and feel truly in alignment with what our potential is and what we're capable of. And I think it's such an incredibly transformational eclipse. And I think I said this on my last podcast, but anything, sacred texts say that anything that happens under an eclipse is 1000 times as powerful. So whatever we choose to do that day is going to carry a particular potency to it. And I think it's going to affect our Taurus friends, our Scorpio friends, maybe our Capricorn and Cancerian friends as well, just because uh, Mars is sitting there. I think that they're all going to be particularly affected by it, but particularly Scorpio and Taurus, just because this is where the eclipse um, is occurring in, in the first and the seventh, which is always so powerful. And again, I'll talk more about it on the Patreon page. Um, So that's a little bit of an idea of what to focus on. And I do also just want to give the heads up that those emotional ties may get triggered. Our sense of security may get triggered. Our sense of worthiness may get triggered. Because attachment, when we think about attachment, this is one of the most sensitive things in our lives and it goes so far back into our early childhood um and so just be mindful that when this when this eclipse occurs when feelings in you come up or feelings in the people around you come up is it possible to provide a little bit secure of security is it possible to provide security within yourself you know And I was talking to my best friend about this last night, actually. Um, As many of you know, I love inner bonding work. I love inner child work. I've been doing this for the last couple of years. And the idea is when somebody gets knocked off kilter, like rather it be yourself or someone around you, you talk to them as if they were a child and that that sounds bad it sounds like i'm not encouraging you guys to like patronize someone or be um disrespectful of them but it's trying to remember that when people are acting from a place of hurt you know if they're triggered there's something that's getting poked in them that was probably created years and years and years and years ago 
So when they're responding from a place of triggeredness, it's like there is a little wounded self in there operating. And so instead of trying to approach them as if they're totally expected to be put together all the time, you totally expect them to never get triggered, you totally expect them to be perfect and to always say the right thing and to never get upset and to never yell and all these things, maybe remembering like, hey, like we've all been hurt and we all have things that we're trying to mend and is it possible to slow down and to listen and to validate and to treat with gentleness like we would with someone who was younger you know if a little kid is like yelling and screaming and upset we're not going to slap them upside the head and ask them why they're acting that way or I mean I would hope that no one would ever do that we would you know ask them what's up what's going on where is this coming from what do you need? You know, that's how someone who would lovingly talk to a child sounds like. And so when we get upset, you know, if this solar eclipse season knocks us around and we start getting triggered and our security is being challenged, can we talk to ourselves like that instead of beating ourselves up about every little thing? You know, having crazy high expectations of ourselves. Is it possible to get on that level? Of course you're upset. Of course you're sad. It makes so much sense that you're sad. What do you need in this moment? You know, talking to yourself like that, if you can talk to the people around you like that. It's totally transformed my life. I talk about this stuff all the time. I feel soothed just by saying all that now. (laughs) Hopefully, wherever you are, you feel soothed too. So again, when you're going over those attachments, remember, I mean, attachment and security, they are directly related and we can be attached to things that make us feel good I wake up in the morning and I go on a run I'm attached to that it makes me feel good it makes me feel secure it contributes to my security but then there could be other attachments you know I drink a bottle of vodka every night I'm attached to it in the moment it brings some sense of security and then the next day I feel horrible you know there's there's always this connection and in intuition you know your intuitive understanding of knowing when something is good for you and when it's not good for you and so what can you find security in that's healthy what attachments can be healthy and supportive of your overall potential your overall purpose on this planet you know at the end of your life when you're looking back what is it that you wanted to do hmm so I hope that this was helpful getting into attachment stuff. I I think that I would love to create a podcast on attachment theory. I think that I'll do that, but I'll I'll probably post it on my other podcast. I have like this other like mysterious project podcast that's like experimental. <laughs> and I, I've only posted to it a few times. But if I post a good attachment segment, I'll make sure and share it with you guys just in case you're interested because that's really the basis of everything. If we can get our attachment stuff figured out, we can really do a lot to create stability and structure and safety in our lives. So it's pretty suiting for this time period. But I hope that this was helpful. I'm going to look really quick at my program and see if there's anything else astrologically that I want to talk about. Um, It's an intense couple of months, you know, this is an intense time period. And intensity doesn't necessarily need to be bad it's how we choose to engage with it it's how we choose to engage with intensity and utilize it and so again we could choose to fall 
prey to our triggers and allow them to totally take us over and live without that awareness. Or we can choose to step into our awareness and take ownership and responsibility for our triggers and know that there is absolutely nothing wrong with us. It's how we choose to handle it after that. You know, it's how we choose to move forward with that and treat ourselves and the people around us with loving dignity and respect. If you would like to schedule a reading with me, you can email me at astrologynowpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit my website, innerknowing.yoga. Please follow me on Instagram, astrologynow underscore podcast. And I'd love to see you on Patreon, patreon.com slash astrologynowpodcast. I will talk to you all very soon. Again, my name is Christine. This is Astrology Now. Thank you so much. Thank you.